in the Hewildar Health Board area, according to yesterday's figures. The latest data showed 142 new cases in Carmarthenshire, 127 in Pembrokeshire, and 30 in Ceredigion since the last report. Hewildar Health Board is no longer updating its vaccination reports, with invitations for third booster doses now going out to residents across the three counties in priority order. A man was arrested for numerous offences relating to driving and drugs when a vehicle was stopped in Pembroke Dock. After the vehicle was stopped by Pembroke Road's policing unit on Friday, October 15th, the driver was found not to hold a driving licence or insurance. Furthermore, he failed a drug wipe for both cannabis and cocaine. The policing unit said that he has since been released under investigation. Transport Secretary Grant Shapps has admitted that new rules allow travellers arriving in England to take cheaper lateral flow tests rather than PCR tests are based on trust. Lateral flow tests will replace PCR tests for fully vaccinated passengers and children arriving in England from non-red list countries from the 24th of October. Just five of the key changes to the COVID travel rules are as follows. Fully vaccinated passengers returning to England and Wales from non red list countries will be able to take a cheaper lateral flow test instead of a PCR test. The new rule comes into effect from the 24th of October. Secondly, eligible travellers will be able to order lateral flow tests from private testing providers with a list of approved private providers going live on gov.uk on the 22nd of October. Anybody who has already bought a PCR test to take after arriving does not need to buy another test. Thirdly, passengers will also be able to book a test which they can take on their arrival in the UK at testing centres located at some airports. Anyone who tests positive will need to self-isolate and take a confirmatory PCR test. The change will come just in time for families returning from half-term holidays with the rules affecting most under-18s coming from those countries. Those who are unvaccinated will still need to take a PCR test on day two after arriving and quarantine for 10 days at home. Activities run by the Pembrokeshire Coast National Park will be taking place this half-term in the lead-up to the 2021 spooky season. Carew Castle, Park Gallery and the Iron Age Fort, amongst many others, will host several activities and events to appeal to all ages throughout the last week of October. At Carew Castle, you can expect a skeleton trail which will run throughout half-term, challenging younger visitors to search the castle for animal bones in order to claim a prize. Free drop in fireside tales sessions are scheduled to take place at the castle on October 23rd and October 24th between 11.30am and 12.30pm where a costumed storyteller recounts spooky tales. For all the info on all the spooky events happening here in Pembrokeshire you can go online to www.pembrokeshirecoast.wales forward slash events. I'm Charlie James and that's the latest for Pembrokeshire. Get into Pure West Radio. The 
evening and welcome to the second half on Pure West Sport with Pembrokeshire Properties. The show is live right now on the Pure West Radio Facebook page. If you are just joining us and you're watching online, you are really welcome to the show. I'm Ben Stone. With me, Fraser Watson and Gordon Thomas in the Pure West Radio studio in Hubford West. And we've got a couple of guests joining us on the show this evening. We'll chat to Johnny Sutton about his amazing ultramarathon running and his involvement with junior sports in Nayland. And Hugh Gibbs will join us to talk cricket as we ask if the time has come for Pembroke's sides to test themselves further afield. We'll be having the debate with Hugh Gibbs before nine and we would love your thoughts. We've got indoor cricket football and plenty more on the agenda and a landmark for us as well tonight marks one year of pure west sports on a monday night we've been through lockdowns and the occasional technical issue but we've had a laugh most of the time and we'll continue to do that and we've got plenty more ahead as well so a very good evening fraser and gordon how are you both i'm delighted ben uh... Busy weekend's football, two contrasting occasions to me. Saturday was down in Mysamore in Solver to watch them lose 5-3 against Moncton Swift seconds. Um, had a slightly more enjoyable time on Sunday, obviously, at the, at the derby, um, down to Swansea.com for a 3-0 win over Cardiff. I wasn't expecting it, but fantastic day, and I was doing breaststroke all the way home like Russell Martin. <laughs> Great stuff, we'll come to that in just a second. I see that the shirt is on, and so is mine as well, after a convincing-ish 3-2 win at Newcastle United. Uh, Gordon, have you forgotten what the convincing win for your football team feels like? I have, actually, and <laughs> after winning three European Cups and all that, but we won't go down that road. No, I've had a very disappointing weekend. Um, uh, Halford West County lost, the Scarlets lost, Manchester United lost. I've had a bit of a, a bad weekend on that front. Well, nothing listen, it's nothing to cheer about, but I will ch- yeah. cheer alongside Fraser Watson with Swansea beating Cardiff City. I exactly. have a little bit of uh, sentiment towards the Swans, <laughs> so and, I, and it's- I, I haven't got a shirt though. <laughs> maybe maybe next week maybe you can come in next week with, with your Swansea shirt on Gordon but uh, listen uh, it, it was a busy weekend we'll start I think with that derby between Swansea and Cardiff and uh, Fraser it, it feels like really this is the momentum Russell Martin needed and this will give him a big boost now after a slightly tricky start to life I think it'll be a, wa- liberty. a watershed moment for both managers actually Ben um, for Russell Martin yes it's been a lot of talk about Swansea been playing pretty football he's been trying to impose his own style and we can see what he's been trying to do but there hasn't been enough clinical side to it and there's been a cutting edge at the end of it that came yesterday albeit helped by a pretty ropey Cardiff defence but finally there was some substance to all the play and possession and that delighted Swansea fans more than anything but on the other side of the coin Cardiff were desperately disappointing Ben um, to pick five centre-backs and still concede three goals and they, mm. they just seemed set up with, with the big man for more up front big defenders at the back they just seem set up to stay in games and to nick goals through a set piece and the moment they had to change the game in that second half yesterday they were absolutely clueless so to be to go on a defeat like that having lost their previous five league games already I think it goes without saying that Mick McCarthy's hanging by a thread right now and I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone by the next time we're sitting here he did a a good job initially with Cardiff didn't he and a manager with with a lot of experience Gordon where, where do you see where do you see the, the South Wales derby kind of rating, really? Swansea-Cardiff, it's a, it's a big one, it's passionate. There were fans back yesterday as well, uh, Saturday as well. Um, it, it's a huge one locally, isn't it? Yeah, it is the derby in Wales, isn't it? Swansea-Cardiff, uh, the 
both, uh, you know, always had a huge rivalry against each other, and uh, it's always, uh, you know, uh, bragging rights when you win. So uh, Swansea are there at the moment. Cardiff are going through a difficult time. I hope they can hang on uh, in the Championship. I wouldn't want them to get relegated because uh, we wouldn't see the derby again then. Well, that's true. Fraser did have a, a small smile as you as you said that, um, Gordon. Um, Fraser, I think you co- did you cover a derby between Swansea and Cardiff behind closed doors last season when we were going through the pandemic. How did it feel different at the weekend? Yeah, it's actually covered both last year, Ben. Oh, it was a world apart. It just almost emphasised just how soulless that football was, um, even though it was a necessity last season. Just and, and thankfully, we'll say this, there was no trouble yesterday. Um, but yeah, just to see the noise and the colour and the din back there, and even it was the usual generic chants and, and a lot of supporters not actually watching the game, just looking at each other. You're always going to get a bit of that. But yeah, it, it just showed, like I said, how, how almost... There's empty stadium sucked the life out of occasions last year and it was great to see it back buzzing yesterday. And one man who really enjoyed it was the head coach, Russell Martin, and we heard from him in the, the first hour of Pure West Sport. What do, what do we make of his celebrations, um, Fraser? Maybe just explain it for, for Gordon and I uh, what the head coach did at the final whistle. You only swim when you win it. Yeah, it was. <laughs> A lot's been made of this. It was the swim away gesture, of course, which Jamie Patterson actually did right in front of the away fans quite bravely, and then Russell Martin hosted players at the final whistle. It does obviously date back to uh, the hooligan era of that clash between Swansea and Cardiff fans on, on the beach in Mumbles and, and how the Cardiff fans were allegedly pushed back into the sea and started swimming away. Look, I, I didn't see a great deal of harm in it, if, if I'm honest, Ben. And, and Russell Martin, we asked in the press conference, I was in there afterwards, you know, and he made a very fair point. I think this is where football fans can be oversensitive. He said, if you're going to sing about my a certain relative of mine during a game like Cardiff fans were you have to accept a bit back mm. you know and and let's, let's not forget you know this coming from Cardiff City I remember the days of Sam Haman walking around the pitch doing the Ayatollah <laughs> while they were still playing against Leeds United so let's not let's not start let them start taking a moral high ground there but in in honest in all honesty Ben I think it was a slightly provocative gesture that goes without saying but then you know Russell Martin and Swansea then have to back it up in the Cardiff City Stadium, don't they? <laughs> so they put themselves on the line. But I, I, I thought it was a bit of fun and I didn't personally see a great deal of harm in it. OK, well done, Russell Martin and Swansea. No doubt about it. And good to see Fraser finally with his shirt on on a Monday night. It's been a few weeks. <laughs> it's been a long time. I, 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 thought, I think last year's playoff semi-final was the last time I picked it up. <laughs> I think that was the last time we saw it, actually, Fraser. Yeah, yeah great, great to see. Um, locally, Gordon, for you, you were at the Bridge Meadow on Saturday. We heard uh, in the first hour a bit about that. Um, Hanford West were beaten 3-1 by Barla in the Welsh Cup. Yeah. Um, and Chris Venables turned the game, really, didn't he, with a, a really good performance. Hanford West just couldn't cope with him no he scored a hat-trick in six minutes uh, incredible uh, bit of play because Alfred West were in that game you know nil-nil at half time they were definitely in it uh, Danny Williams had uh, missed a, a good opportunity uh, just after the interval but then it was uh, the Venables show uh, great header from a free kick another one in the box where he's free he's banged it in and then another one from a cross where he headed it in and it was all over uh, I have to say the young lad uh, Mason Jones Thomas scored the goal of the day for Alphouse County the left sided uh, midfielder cut him from the right edge of the box and he hit it from you know the tw- 18 yards and it hit the underside of the bar and went in great goal but Halford West were 
really out-muscled against Bala. They were a strong physical 11, and Harford West co- didn't cope very well with that. Um, they were deserved winners on the day, and they've gone through to the quarterfinals. Now Harford West meet uh, Kevin Drewers in the league on Saturday, which is, which is a big game. They need to bounce back. Yeah, that's a 2.30 start, isn't it, on, on the uh, Bridge Meadow on Saturday. So we will uh, follow that one and Wayne Jones will be looking for the, the team to, to give a response. There's there's no doubt about it. Uh, the other thing to just uh, have a chat about, I think, locally was in the first division in, in the Pembrokeshire Football League and a scoreline that you just don't often, well, you, you hardly ever see, do you, a scoreline of, of that margin in a top division game. Uh, Narbeth were beaten 17 nil against Haken. It was almost a, a rugby score, um, Fraser. Where, where where do you think that, that's come from? And, and Narbeth are struggling a bit for players right now. Yeah, it's not good to see Ben, is it? It's um you know, let's let's go on think here from a Haken United point of view, don't blame them anyway whatsoever. You know, they're they're contesting a league title, it may come down to goal difference. If you've got the opportunity to do that, you have to take it. And they are always had that clinical side to them and then credit them for that but from the other side the point of view it's desperately sad to see you don't want to see any clubs struggling Narbeth clearly are you know their second team have gone I know they had a few boys playing on Saturday who aren't been regular this year and to see a scoreline like that in the top division you just don't want to see it you're occasionally going to get it in the lower leagues you accept that because sometimes you have teams who have come back through the leagues who are rebuilding or maybe newly Mm. formed and a lot stronger than the rest but you never want to see that in the top division of any game to be honest or of any sport something that one-sided so look you know it's not looking good for Narbeth at the moment we hope they can can regroup and you know just try and be competitive Mm. Um, but at the moment relegation does look on the cards you know and, and if that does happen like I said, without a second team, you do fear for them. So I, I desperately hope they can get something together. Yeah, it's it's difficult, Gordon, for clubs when they get in that position because when when you get really badly beaten, it makes the next game really hard to get players to to want to turn out, doesn't it? And and, and it becomes a never ending cycle really for teams, doesn't it? It does. Narbeth got a proud history as well, Ben. Mm. You know, and they they've done, I've seen Narbeth sides win the senior cup mm. and being mm. for league titles over the years. You know, and when you see that happen, it is really really disappointing uh, Ralph Phillips who was a manager there for years you know he'd be really beside himself watching Narbeth uh, performing to that level because they are a, a good club they are a very good club and, and in the past they've done very well so I'm hoping they can dig themselves out of this hole but Fraser and I have both seen it with uh, other clubs mm. as well Saundersfoot and Temby went I know Temby yep. have come back now but Saundersfoot were getting thumped every week in Division 1 and uh, they ended up folding and we don't want to see that Okay, a bit more football to come in just a sec. We should say that the indoor cricket's going on uh, in Nayland right now. The first game was the 6.30 start. Pembroke Dock uh, were 83 without loss. Very comfortable win against the Pembrokeshire veterans uh, who were 82 all out. Uh, Fraser, have you been down? Were you there last Monday? Have you been down today at all? I have. No, I haven't been down tonight, but yeah, I have been down for the, the two previous Mondays and two out of two for the cows, actually. We're, we're going all right. Um, I haven't had to, uh, I haven't had to bring myself out of my, my resting period yet. Then so no, it's it, it's going well down there. Credit to uh, Peter Davis and actually Patrick Hannon who's doing a lot of good work and and has created this fantasy league, which has put in a bit of interest. Yeah. Actually, it's getting a bit a bit too much from my point. It's getting a bit obsessive even after two weeks. But no, it's got, it's yeah. going well down there. Who's top of the cricket. table then, Bryce? 
I don't want it too early to celebrate, Gordon. <laughs> but I am Fraser on. did stay top. I, I unfortunately was travelling last Monday and forgot to do my team. Yeah. Uh, fatal. Which, fatal. Which is fatal. You can't afford yeah, to do that. It's poor can't. from me. Um, I have done it this week. I've brought Ben Adams in from Hundleton as skipper this week. So yeah. Uh, that, that Apparently we'll see he's how going he on holiday on Wednesday, I was told. <laughs> yeah, just my luck. And I also, I was the victim of a Nayland rotation as well last Monday, which was a, a bit of a shame. So uh, we might have to have some, I mean, they've been regulars on this show as well. We might have to have a word about rotation because yeah. it, it does risk bringing the Fantasy Cricket League into disrepute last minute <laughs> rotation. I think it's very hard. It's a bit like the Pep roulette when it comes to fantasy football, actually. The, the yeah. Nayland roulette. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. just on the football from the Premier League this weekend, uh, what do we make of what's happened at Newcastle obviously Tottenham 3-2 winners yesterday and yeah. um, so many talking points in that game yeah um, I thought Dr Tom Pritchard did a you know it was what he did in the stand was mm. probably the best uh, action of the yeah. whole afternoon to be honest with you saving somebody's life you know let's put things into perspective yeah. football is irrelevant then Ben no, Gordon, I agree. The, the number one talking point was the, the swift action from everyone involved yeah. to do that. Yeah. Um, the, the Tottenham players, I think, I think Eric Dyer and, and Regulon were the first on the scene and they called for that defibrillator mm. to come. And doesn't that just show um, the importance of having defibrillators in ground? Yeah, huge. You know, from, from, from a game in Pembrokeshire to a game in the Premier League, yeah. having them accessible, the importance Massive. of them will save a life. And it did yesterday. It did. Um, it did. So, you know, Prompt action and brilliant action o- on yeah. the pitch. Um, Tottenham, I think, pretty much cruised. I watched it on match the day two. It three two flattered Newcastle a bit. Mm. Uh, what yeah. do we think of, of this this takeover at Newcastle? I feel sorry for Steve Bruce. I think the Newcastle fans have turned on him very early on. He's managed a thousand games. You don't manage that many games without being a half decent manager. No. And I tell you what, I would say, Gordon. And we said this off air, and we're going to say it to you on air now. With Solskjaer under pressure, I think Steve Bruce is a better manager than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. You are entitled to your opinion like everybody else. And, agree? Uh, I don't agree with you, no. Um, they're both good managers in their own right. I wouldn't say one's better than the other. Um, both of them haven't had any silverware, so we can't talk too much about them, can we, in that department? Fraser, if you had the choice to manage your team, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, or Steve Bruce. There's only one choice for you, I think. Well, there is for me, because Oliga Solskjaer's managed Cardiff, so <laughs> he wouldn't be in my gap, and probably not answer for the right reasons. But no, we'll go back to this new Fraser did actually interview him when they, they were playing did. down Alpha West County. They did, they came down Pinker Marvin Town, didn't they, in a friendly? Yeah. They did, yeah. Um, yeah. Now, on a serious note, it's prompted a lot of discussion, this Newcastle mm. thing, hasn't it? And, and you know... <laughs> I think Newcastle fans are obviously very excited. It, it's hard to be too critical of that because we, any of our clubs, had this opportunity coming in. I guess there would be natural excitement about it, but you know, there is some tough questions to ask now, and they've got to accept them. You know, these are the fans who, like you said, have been vitriolic towards Steve Bruce for perceivedly not having them high up in, in the table, what so on. We're vitriolic towards Mike Ashley. I can understand that there was poor ownership for a lot of the time, but when you compare that to the human rights record of the people they're bringing in, you know, it's, where does it stand the morality table? And it seems to be that the fact that because these have got huge financial investment behind them, we're sort of casting aside any morals, and all of a sudden they're seen as saviours. So this is probably mm-hmm. something we could do a whole show on. But there's, you know, I understand their excitement, but there's difficult questions to be asked, and, and they have to answer them. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It, it will be interesting what happens next at Newcastle. I'd, I'd imagine Steve Bruce will be gone in the next few days. Mm. I, I'd be surprised if he was still the manager. Well, he's not going to resign, is he? 
No, I think he'll. I think he'll leave and probably be well looked after. But I, I think he, he's put up with a lot of abuse from Newcastle fans. And given they're a club that I would their put own... up with a lot of abuse for the type of money he's having. <laughs> and I <laughs> have on, a lot of abuse come off. On. Uh, come on, too, yeah. Newcastle are a club that, like Jordan's been involved, and their attitude towards one of their own, I don't think, has been great. So I, I enjoyed the three-two win. I think it'd be hilarious if Newcastle got relegated personally. But uh, we, we shall see. Uh, listen, loads more to come. We are ultra running. I'd um, love it if that happened. Uh, we're ultra running with johnny sutton and talking about his involvement uh, with nayland junior sports in a few moments and we're going to talk a bit more pembrokeshire cricket as well the indoor league carrying on Uh, what about the future for uh, pembrokeshire sides is it time to look slightly further afield we'll be talking to hugh gibbs about that before nine o'clock right here as we celebrate our first birthday we don't look a day older than we started this time last year do we eh, gordon uh, we'll take a moment. And I have an age to bet. <laughs> we'll take a moment, and there's more to come right here on Pure West Sport. Get more for your money at OC Davis Roundabout Garage, Nayland, the MG dealer for Pembrokeshire. Adventure awaits with 0% APR across the MG range, including the MG HS, the new MG ZS, and MG3. Feel the power of electric motoring with zero advance payment on the mobility scheme. And as a thank you to our key workers, you can enjoy a contribution of up to eight and a half thousand pounds don't forget all new mgs come with a seven-year warranty as standard for more information go online to www.ocdavis.com or call 01646 600858 join us every monday evening on the weekly pure west sports show with pembrokeshire properties all the very latest sports news from around the county as well as views guests and gossip from our award-winning panel join us every monday between seven and nine 9 p.m. Pure West Sport, proudly sponsored by Pembrokeshire Properties. Buy or sell your next house with a truly local, fast-growing property agent. Pembrokeshire Properties, welcome home. How are you, Bob? Good, thanks, Chris. Is it true what I heard? Yeah, we're officially the best butchers in Wales. That's amazing, Chris. Massive congratulations to you and the team. Oh, thanks, Bob. So what can we get for you? Well, Chris, uh, could I have a selection of your award-winning meats? Oh, don't forget to include a pack of Pembrokeshire's best burgers. Prendergast Butchers, Haverford West, Welsh Butcher Shop of the Year. Providing the finest quality meats to Pembrokeshire for over 70 years. We're open for orders either in the shop or on our website, prendergastbutchers.co.uk. If you can't get to us, no problem. We're offering a delivery service. Give us a call on 01437 763387. Follow Pure West Radio on Facebook. Wait a second. Search for Pure West Radio. I told you that I wanted you. You make it really hard to sleep. You keep me up. Maybe you're my adrenaline.
Pure West Sport for a Monday evening. Really good to be with you. We are here, of course, with Pembrokeshire Properties on a Monday night. Good to have your company as well. Uh, we should give a mention uh, to Daniel Morgan and the Pembrokeshire Vikings rugby side. Actually, Gordon, uh, Daniel got in touch to say that on the point of you having a bit of a miserable weekend. Yeah, thanks, thanks Dan. Uh, I'm delighted that the Vikings actually won for the third successive time. So he's skipper, of course, of the Vikings, and uh, they've really lifted my mood tonight thank you Dan <laughs> excellent stuff they were 51-10 winners um, against Slenetli Warriors the game was played at Milford Haven RSC once again uh, they were really well supported and we, we featured their last game pretty heavily actually on Pure West Sport didn't yeah. we Fraser um, and Gordon it's it's good to see they, they're continuing to to be well supported and, and actually get really good results yes and I think they've got um, a couple of training sessions now and then they actually have a bit of time off the 15 side games to go into a festival where they will represent Wales um, a British festival I think somewhere in Worcester there'll be teams there from England Ireland Scotland and Wales so um um, yeah they're going well and it's good to see he's got a lot of feelings got a lot of support behind it and the people involved are enjoying it and that's the main thing yeah yeah that's excellent stuff um, we are going to be talking to uh, Johnny Sutton in just a few moments time he is joining us on our live feed on Facebook and through Zoom. So hopefully he'll be with us in just a sec. One or two technical problems, but once he's with us, uh, we will have a chat to him. Uh, the one thing I did want to talk about, actually... Oh, actually, Johnny, can you hear us? Yeah, I've had to change it onto my phone. My computer was stuff. OK, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll crack on there. Great. Good to hear you. We, we are live right now, Johnny, so thank you for, for signing on. Thank you for joining us. Mike Phillips um, had technical problems last week, Johnny. It happened to the best, mate, don't worry. Exactly. <laughs> and and if, if anything we've learned from the last year of doing this show, we can we can survive technical problems. <laughs> don't, don't, yeah. don't you worry about that. Um, it's good to talk to you, Johnny. Um, I, funnily enough, I, I've been in Scotland for the last week. I was in Edinburgh on Saturday. Um, I didn't complete an ultramarathon. I, I did climb... I did climb Martha's seat and that was enough for me um tell us about what you did this weekend if that's okay yeah well, I, it was the last of uh, a trilogy of events that i needed to, to do to to complete the trilogy so it was the ultra tour of edinburgh it was a 30 well it's supposed to be 35 miles but they shortened it to 33 and a half mile route around around the city kind that was kind of them, wasn't it, Johnny? Just shorten it a bit for you. There was some roadworks down at Leith, so they, they, they cut a mile off. 
I was stuck in them actually. I I, I had a curry in Leith on Saturday, and our, and our taxi got stuck there. I know where they yeah. are. Yeah. All jokes aside, Johnny, what sort of preparation did you do for this ultra run-in? Obviously, you said this was the trilogy. Was it 15 pints of beer in uh, <laughs> Nayland and then go for a well, run I've, Sunday? I've, I've been a pretty good boy recently. I'm good man. Drink, yeah. I, uh, I, did a, I did another ultra two weeks ago, which is, the, which is the second part of the trilogy. So, originally, that was supposed to be done in, in April last year. But COVID came along and then de- delayed it for this April. Then it was delayed again in, in COVID in April. And they said, you can do it in October or you can do it next April. And I was like, oh, let's just do it in October. Forgetting that I was already booked in for this other race. So I ended up <laughs> two, two in two weeks. So I'm, I'm a bit tired. <laughs> so so where, where, was the, where was the one you did two weeks ago, uh, Johnny? Uh, just off, uh, well, it was on the Isle of Arran, just off Scotland, and that was probably the hardest thing I've ever, ever done. It was, about, it was how many miles was that, and, and tell us about the course. It was two days. It was supposed again. It was supposed to be thirty miles each day, and the the first day was shortened to twenty one miles because uh, the weather conditions were so horrendous that the ferries couldn't get over on the Friday night. So the doctors who were for the race couldn't get over until Saturday morning, which meant they had to delay the start of the race because obviously without the doctors and things here, they couldn't start the race. So they yeah. put the race back. They knocked nine miles off the route, but only not, knocked four hours off. So you had, you had four hours left to run it, but you had to, you had to still do 21 miles in like, I think it was seven hours or something stupid. Mm. <laughs> Hmm. It didn't give you a long time, anyway. Let's put it like that. <laughs> Johnny, obviously these are very arduous events. That goes without saying. There's a lot of pain and niggles and, and struggles attached to them, and you've got to push yourself mentally during them as well, don't you? You go to some yeah. dark places during them. I'm going to ask on, on a serious note now. What is it about these ultra events and ultra running that, that appeals to you, and what do you feel you get out of it? Well, the, the, the first one I ever did was Race to the Stones, uh, it's, which is a hundred kilometer race. And it was literally done because my brother, my elder brother, did the London Marathon, and I was like, "Well, I've got to like beat that." <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> top that one. How do you how do you beat that? Well, you 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 pick a race that sounds insane, and and you rock up and do it. So that's what I basically did, and and that one was very because I didn't know what to expect. I, I turned yeah. up. It was over two days, and. I remember finishing the first day and my mum and dad were there. My mum took me to the, the, the doctor's tent and the doctor said, he said, I'll be honest, if you if you go tomorrow because you've got, you, you, you got blisters and your feet are so bad. And, stuff. and I remember thinking, I've raised a £1,000 for charity and there's, there's people give me a £1,000 to do this race. I can't not Let do it. Mm-hmm. And I also had this niggling thing in my head that my best mate, Moley, would, would literally take the piss out of me if I didn't finish. <laughs> so, yes, he would. Right. <laughs> You had, you had bad feet and you couldn't finish the race. Do you know what I mean? That sort of thing. So I've got, I've got to do it. So I did that, and <laughs> the buzz of completing something like that. I mean, it's you cross the finish line, you feel like bursting out tears. Like you know, it, it's literally drained every part of you. But then a week later, you're like, "Where's the next one? What's next?" This is something I've always wondered because I've, I've I've done I've done a marathon. Uh, I've done it twice, and the mental pressure when you're doing it, and you, you get that when you hit the wall, you think I can't carry on. Yeah. Uh, how how do you carry on when you're doing an ultra marathon? And, and how how have you spurred yourself on to finish these distances you've done, Johnny? 
Well, so the, the, the first one was the hardest mentally, probably, because because I'd never done it before. So I didn't know what... I, I'd not even run at that point. The furthest I'd run was 10K. So God. I'd not really experienced anything more than, like, two hours' worth of effort. And this thing took... Uh, it was about 12 hours on the first day and about 15 hours on the second day because I was really struggling. So it took about 27 hours worth of effort, you know? So you've, you've really got to... You've got to have... Quite a bit. I'd say they're probably fifty percent mental and fifty percent physical. It's 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 literally that sort of split because I think you can train as much as you want. And um, we did one in two thousand and nineteen. Four of us started it, and only two of us finished. It was from New- uh, Carlisle to Newcastle, which was sixty nine miles. And I say one of the boys who did that with us was fitter than I was. was he? But at fifty miles, his head went, and that that was it. Mm. He couldn't he couldn't finish it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But it's. I've got some mates who, who, who are supportive, but will also take the piss. And it's, it is literally them in my. I li- I, I'm hearing their voices in my head, taking the mick out of me for not finishing it. And that's, <laughs> that's, that, that inspires you to keep going, yeah. And obviously, if you if you're doing it for charity, people have given you money to complete. They haven't given you that money to to drop out at, at ten miles or twelve yeah. miles. They've given you that because. Yeah. And I've always tried to sort of push it. So say someone's given me money to do a, a 50-mile event. Well, the next time, you can't really ask them to give you money to do a 20-mile event because you've already done a 50. You've got to go bigger, <laughs> and you've got to do more, 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 more. So the whole this one, I, I didn't really want to do this one for charity because it was less distance. But then I thought, well, it's the accumulative effect. This is the fourth one I've done now in 100 days. And I thought, well, the accumulation of it was going to knock me out. And to be honest, it probably has a little bit, I, I you know, I think the one a fortnight ago was probably physically the hardest thing. But it, yeah. yesterday, although I ran far more than I've ever run on any of them before, because I was determined I would finish by four o'clock, <laughs> it was the accumulate. I was, like the legs were really, really tired at the end of it, even though it was less distance than I've done in the past. Mm. Dare I ask what are you going to do next, Johnny? What are you going to do? How far are you going to go? What's the next goal? Sure, I. I have started. Should, yeah, I thought you would. <laughs> I, 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 Rat race was the trilogy. That was we did the wall, and then they give you this segment of a medal, and it's like when if you want the other two segments, you've got to complete the trilogy. So you was kind of Go right. Ahead. I want that. So that was the, yeah. the incentive to start. So there's there's a series that is all in Wales. There's six ultras in six months. It's like April, May, May June, July, August, September. Oof. That looked appealing. But there's also the, the thing in my head about doing a hundred miler. Someone I've not, you know, seventy one is the furthest I've done. Yeah. And it's like and, and Johnny, if you if you did those, would that be would that be a charity element as well to, to get you through that? So we, it would have to be, wouldn't it? I'm like I'm and I'm and I'm can I get the words up? I'm an ambassador for the wish upon a star, which I raise money for. So I and I'm also on the board of Rocco Twenty, the school in Kenya where I went to a couple of years ago. Yeah. So it's like I always trying to do things to raise money for both those those charities and yeah. i always think like i said you you've got to go more i i can't i couldn't do a marathon and ask for sponsorship i just wouldn't be able to do it because not not belittling the marathon i'm not in any way shape yeah. or form yeah. you have to raise the bar yeah. it would be like fraser do you know asking for something and he's already done that event previously it's it's mm. just not yeah, no, i take your point mm. i do why those charities I'm johnny i'm not gonna do i'm not gonna do 
what Sean Rice did and do the marathon. Was, was <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was just I about to wonder that if that was your next choice. Yeah. I was literally in awe of that. That is insane. That that was incredible effort. Seven incredible. or eight marathons in in the Sahara Desert. Sahara, seven yeah. days, isn't it? Yeah. I'd rather run in Scotland in the rain. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know though, John. How, how do you train for these events? Is it a case of going out and doing 50, 60, 70 miles in one go, or is that just not feasible? I I, I, I don't really train that much for them. I run like, I've got a 5k run in Nayland, and I run that fairly regularly. But I hurt my back. We did January, yeah. back in January, like one mile, two miles, three miles, ah, yes. miles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We went up to 16 and then came back down. And I really hurt my back doing that. So I, was, I wasn't I was able to run from about February till about May. I, I, I couldn't get to the bottom of my back. And then I realized it was because I was wearing flip-flops all the time. So <laughs> I've sorted that out now. I can train a bit more. But I, I don't really run much more f- 5 or 10K. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Just do a lot of just every time, just think of it as a 10K. And it's another 10k. And it's another 10k. Another- <laughs> that's, that's some approach. But this just remind us, Johnny, the, the two charities that you do you always fundraise for. Just give us their their names again. Uh, Rocco Twenty, which is a school in in Kenya. Uh, I, mm. I, I spent a bit of time out there, 2018 and 2019. Obviously, COVID has stopped me going back, but I will go back at some point. And to wish upon a star, which is uh, Rian Manning's. It's getting more and more published yeah. all the time. With, with me she's from Nayland. I was supposed to go to an event tonight, which I forgot about, and I double booked myself <laughs> because I let Fraser down a fortnight ago. I thought I'd better not. Let <laughs> yeah, too right. And I just asked to finish. How, how are the legs feeling this evening after the weekend yeah, you've I, had? I've just come back from taking a dog for a walk, so uh, <laughs> I had to get my ten thousand steps, and no one else was a dog for a walk. How, how many how many steps did you do in Edinburgh at the weekend? I, t- I did I did twenty seven thousand. I think you might have done more. Well, we did because Josh Bainan did it with me. He he did the race with me. Yeah, uh, council. Low council so too. Yeah, fifteen miles walking around on Friday, which was stupid, really. And then yesterday it was something like seventy six thousand steps. I think it was. <laughs> Wow. I finished an hour and 20 minutes ahead of him, so I was well <laughs> Great work. Johnny, he, listen. He is walking like like he's on accident. <laughs> he's quite entitled to it. I'm a bit more used to it than he is. I hope you're not going to those steps to a council meeting this week. <laughs> Johnny, listen, congratulations. Um, it's great to have you on the show. Well done on, on what you've done over the last few weeks. And when you've, just, when you've picked and entered your next events, you've got to come back on and tell us. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Fraser, you can come and do it with us. No problem. <laughs> nice well, one, Johnny. Your, yeah. your advice on preparation has given open to us all of it. It has. I'll keep doing five ten Ks. That's fine. <laughs> 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 and I'll rock up on the big day. Well, look, Fraser, we have to be careful because every single week at the moment we're signing up for races. Aren't yeah, we? I know. Yeah, we're going to have a busy the last one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Johnny, thank you ever so much. Great to have thank you on the show you. this evening. Excellent. We will take a moment and we're back to talk to Huel Gibbs talking cricket in Pembrokeshire next on Pure West Sport. The Valero Community Update on Pure West Radio keeps you updated with the various projects Valero are supporting in Pembrokeshire. From sports clubs, schools, charities and musicians to members of staff from Valero who volunteer their time. We hear about the latest community projects Valero do to support our community on the last Wednesday of every month at 9.30am and 5.30pm, only on Pure West Radio. 
If you miss it, catch up on the podcast at purewestradio.com. The Valero Community Update. How are you, Bob? Good, thanks, Chris. Is it true what I heard? Yeah, we're officially the best butchers in Wales. That's amazing, Chris. Massive congratulations to you and the team. Oh, thanks, Bob. So what can we get for you? Well, Chris, uh, could I have a selection of your award-winning meats? Oh, don't forget to include a pack of Pembrokeshire's best burgers. Prendergast Butchers, Haverford West, Welsh Butcher Shop of the Year. Providing the finest quality meats to Pembrokeshire for over 70 years. We're open for orders either in the shop or on our website, prendergastbutchers.co.uk. If you can't get to us, no problem. We're offering a delivery service. Give us a call on 01437 763387. Seven Spice With a staff are oh so nice You'll love our Jalfrezi and special rice What's even better is our price This will have you coming back not once But twice <laughs> Enough of all that rhyming Malaki The Seven Spice of Market Street Halford West Offers the finest Asian cuisine Open six days a week They offer a fine selection of Indian dishes To eat in or take away Book your table now or place your order by visiting sevenspice.uk or call Aki on 01437 762 789. The Seven Spice with a staff are oh so nice. Follow Pure West Radio on Facebook. Search Pure West Radio.
James Blunt and 1973 on Pure West Radio. It's Monday evening, Pure West Sport with Pembrokeshire Properties, and it's just gone quarter to nine. Well, Johnny Sutton was a character, no doubt about it. Um, Fraser rewriting the rules for how you prepare for an ultra marathon. But what an achievement, in, in all seriousness. To, to do a couple of them in, in the space of two weeks is phenomenal. Yeah, and like I said, he's given hope to the rest of us with his casual approach, hasn't he? And we've actually had a nice special view from Rich Simpson, uh, just congratulating him. And Rich Simpson, obviously, no mean runner himself. The, well, I was going to say the former, the, the, the reigning winner of the Marathon de Cot, which was the, the event with the, the race around the Pembrokeshire Coast Path, which he completed in some insane time and, and so many other events to his name as well. So, uh, yeah, interesting guy to have on. Yeah, great stuff from Johnny. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, Gordon, you, you're a part part run runner, aren't you? Five k man. I, I haven't run for a while. To take on thirty three miles of Edinburgh. No, I wouldn't even uh, contemplate doing that. Five k is enough, Ben, and that'll do me. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, uh, we are going to talk cricket uh, right now. We'll, we'll have a check on what's happening in the indoor league in just a sec. But Fraser, um, with our next guest on the show um, this evening, uh, we, we're looking really at whether it's time for Pembrokeshire clubs to, to test themselves a bit further afield. So why don't you introduce our, our next guest and just a bit of the background to why we're talking about this this evening? Yeah, pleasure on to, to our fuel Gibbs. Obviously still playing at Lamphy and part of the, the great Lamphy year almost at the, the turn of the century. And we've spoken to Dave Lovell before and covered that sort of thing as well. And, and you will, um, I wouldn't say ignited the debate because I think it, it's probably been discussed before, but hasn't been ever seriously pushed forward of a Pembrokeshire side appearing in, in the South Wales League. And obviously, this comes off the back of Curtis Marsh. Such a brilliant, brilliant display last year for Loreni, head and shoulders above everyone in the county. And, and also, the inevitable has happened. He's been picked off by Ammonford. And, and there's a, almost the Creamville talent is playing now. There's plenty of still players great players left in the county but there's also some very good ones who are moving a field and probably has to move through the field in terms to reach that higher standard which I imagine is what Huel is getting to so Huel welcome to the show and, and, and firstly your your thoughts on this was it come from the Curtis Marsh um, move or is it something that you know you think should have been pushed for a long time um, it's something something I've sort of thought about for a long time really I've sort of discussed with various peoples around the, the grounds as on the previous seasons but seeing Curtis go now and um, the effect that will leave for Lorenny more than anything else mm. is huge. And it's also, um, you've got to look at our youngsters as well. You know, they're not going to have all these excellent players to look up to. They're going to have, you know, good club cricketers to look up to. But these outstanding stars like Curtis and um, I know Stevie Mills and Stephen Inwood have come back now to Langham, but they went further afield. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Tom Davis has gone yeah. up the line to Carmarthen Wanderers as well. And I'm just thinking... 
surely it's time that we got together with the Welsh Cricket Association and the South Wales Premier League and to see if we can get a team in Pembrokeshire and see if we can make it work. And I know that there's there's issues with regards to where the team will play, uh, whether if they join the South Wales Premier League, they'd have to have a second team in the South Wales Premier League. And also, um, uh, you know, whether how that, that will have an impact then and whether they'll sign up for that, that club and whether they can play for a, a local club as well. Um, so, but these things need to be looked at and ironed out. And I'm sure it won't happen next season, but maybe they're looking forward to 2023, 2024. We can finally have it and get all those players back playing as as a club team, but representing Pembrokeshire. We, and so it gives all these youngsters something to aspire to. Then. We've actually seen the Pembrokeshire side almost resurrected and resurrected quite well, to be fair to the county club, within the last two, three years. They play a lot of regular fixtures now and they've actually had some good results against fellow league teams, haven't they, including, including the South Wales. Is that something that you think could is a promising building block towards doing what you're suggesting here, the fact that that is up and running, they are playing regularly, they are all you know, a, a good squad and they are getting results? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a great thing. And it's great to see them back playing again because, you know, when I was growing up, uh, playing for the county was a prestigious thing. And I sort of fell by the wayside mm. a little bit um, as, as the years went on. And so it's great to see that back. However, that's only like, uh, I mean, they play, what, once, twice a month, if that. Um, mm. This is be week in, week out, yeah. playing against the very best club players. And not only that, playing against first-class Glamorgan cricketers as well. Like, Curtis is going to go to Amateur. But last year, I believe they had Billy Root and um, mm-hmm. and uh, Andrew Salter. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, Andrew Salter's and Tish. Why can't he come back here and play for Tish and inspire the other youngsters from the Milford area mm-hmm. to play? Yeah. You know, it'd be great to see Billy Root, the England cricket, whether the England cricket captain, down here playing cricket mm-hmm. with somebody. I mean, that would be outstanding, you know. So it's something we really need to look at. And we've got, like, Apparently, I've not been to the facility in Nayland yet, but I understand it's, it is out of this world and it's mm. regarded as being even better than what they got up in Spire Gardens of Glamorgan. So if we got that, then utilise that, develop the cricketers of tomorrow, and that's how we can, I'm sure we can have an excellent team playing in the South Wales Premier League and playing at a really high standard. We get people listening to the show from Pembrokeshire and, and beyond, um, Hugh. For people who are who are listening, maybe Fraser and Gordon can can answer this as well. What what's the what would you say the the standard gap is from from the top of the the Pembrokeshire leagues to to the South Wales Premier? How how would you describe that for us? How will you describe that? Well, I think with Nayland has shown this year that they can compete mm. uh, and they can compete well. Now, if if we had. Speaking with players in previous years, if we had the cream of Pembrokeshire players playing in that team, we'd compete. I think that if he went as a club team now, um, some of the top, like the top four teams in Division One, I would say they'd have like half the half of those teams would be competitive in that division. In the South Wales Premier League, I'm talking about now, not the South Wales Cricket Association. I think that that used to be a big gap, but that's the, the same as Pembrokeshire cricket these days. But if you had the cream of Pembrokeshire cricket, look at playing in that team, then it would, with that, that be competitive. I dare say you could push for honours. But you're playing against some outstanding cricketers up the line. Some, some of these, you know, they're playing on good wickets. The batting up there has always been first class, so much better than Pembrokeshire, really. Um, and the bowling, although not much different, you're going to get for playing against quicker bowling, more accurate seamers, you know, hard season pros. Um, you know, you can play against people like Alan Evans, for heaven's sake. He's got a first class under to his name in New Zealand. Um, you know, he's had an outstanding club career. He yeah. should have had a much better chance with the Morgan. He hooked Wazim Akram for six, for heaven's sake. <laughs> now, 
you know, we, that is a sheer talent. Um, yeah. We could have seen that in Pembrokeshire had he not gone up to Amherst. I know there's different circumstances with Alan because his family hails from Amherst. But, you know, he's basically a fish god boy, isn't he? Uh, him mm. and his brother. Mm. Uh, outstanding cricketers, the yeah, two of them. He was they could have played here. It's, I mean, it's, it's happened in the past. I mean, if you go back to like Barry Wood, the great Kilgetty Kl- and, and Carey player. Mm. I mean, brilliant cricketer. Played for Davin in the 1960s, 70s. He was playing up the line. So it has happened before. Robbie Hicks, another one from Carey, outstanding mm. cricketer. He played a lot of, you know, good few seasons up in Ennisagadon. N- but if we had those, they wouldn't have to go up there. We could have, you know, you know, we'd have a team that's someone like Stephen Mills, Stephen Inwood, Tom Davis. You know, maybe you could sneer Alan Evans come back for a season to lead it. You know, you'd have mm. Simon Holiday back. You'd have Curtis Marsh back. You need to get some bowlers in there because they're all outstanding batsmen apart from Stephen. <laughs> Yeston, Yeston Skirfield. Well, you know, yeah. Yeston Skirfield's mm. well, he's up here. You know, and the Huge Brothers from Narbonne. They played Marvel yeah. Wonders, I believe. Um, Stevie Williams from Test was playing Marvel Wonders for a while. I, I don't know the circumstances for that. I think he might be living there. But, you know, these are outstanding cricketers. Get them back playing here. Let's see if we can get, make it work. Now, I understand that travelling is an issue. I mean, you don't want to be playing Newport one week and Cardiff the next, especially in the height of summer with the traffic that's going on, especially coming down west and going, you know, for, and so forth. Maybe we could um, discuss with the Premier League whether that can be split into a West-East League. And I was seeing tweets from boys up the line Suggesting that could be the uh, that could be the case. They've also said, suggested at the line about um, introducing overseas players again to the South Wales Premier Divisions, um, which would be a great thing in my opinion. Mm-hmm. We could get we got James Fields out in Australia now, yeah. Dave Lovell out in Australia, great cricketing connections. You could have somebody, a young cricketer from Australia, come over and play for that team in the South Wales Premier League. Yeah. It, again, something else for young cricketers and cricketers like myself to aspire to be. You know, so it, um... I think the argument the argument for for raising the standard is is definitely there, and we we've, we've spoken on the show about the David Lovell effect and the impact he had on, on the game um, in in the county going back. Um, Fraser, what what do you think would be the negative effect? Do you think there would, would would there be a negative effect locally as well for, for why this wouldn't work or or why this hasn't been explored further? I think the the obvious argument that you would give against is that you, you're detracting the best players from from the Pembrokeshire League. I um. I guess there would need to be, like you all said, discussions on how you worked out a pathway then. So I guess for these these players, they're playing for their club primarily. The motivation then would need to be to show form uh, and you know to play their best for their clubs to impress in Pembrokeshire and then in selection and in a call up yeah. to that county side. Um, there will be obvious opposition, but you know. I, there's opposition to everything around here when a new idea comes in, isn't it? So you take a lot of it with a pinch of salt. There will be a lot of logistics to work out, of course, the um, things like the venue, the coach and everything like that. So there would be a lot to get through. But I'll be honest, I haven't listened to Hugh all there. I think he's put forth quite a compelling mm-hmm. argument and then it's certainly an idea I'd be, he'd be much more inclined to embrace having, having listened to the logic he's put out there. I don't know about yourself, Good. Well, Pembroke County Cricket Club, they will obviously be against this sort of thing. Um, I, I've, Howell's always thought outside the box. He, he, he was thinking about that with Half West County, throwing in all the youngsters years ago, and it did put a spanner in the works. And lo and behold, Howell, they do have quite a few locals playing for Half West County at this moment in time. They, they do think about it now. You know, whereas they weren't thinking about it. The cricket side of it is going to be very difficult to sort it out. You've got to have a club that's going to be affiliated to the league. Uh, It can't be through the Pembroke County Cricket Club. Am I wrong in saying that? Because they've got a county team. Um, 
it has to be through a club affiliated from the the Pembroke County Club. Is that right? To to join the South That's a logistical thing, League. isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's then, then, you know, the, the obvious yeah. problems we do know then, who's the club, where are we going to play, and you'll always say, say it's Nayland, Nayland have got all the facilities, as Howell just pointed out, they are the best in the West, to be fair. That would be the obvious place to start it from. Then you would have to have the backing of Nayland pulling out of the Pembroke County Cricket Club, or they could stay there and have a second team playing in the Pembroke County Cricket Club mm. and have a first team of Pembrokeshire players. Now, I, I, I think that's feasible. But, mm. you know, it, you, you, we don't want to see our best players going elsewhere to play. We want to see our players playing in our county, playing against the best and keep around, raising the bar, you know. Gordon, and as keep well, raising that. the bar. Yeah. That's what it's yeah. all about, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It, Howell's made a valid point. We, we're always, we, we don't, we're not forward thinking in this county. That's forward thinking, what Howell is saying, and we should move on with the times. Yeah, I agreed. Well, listen. Um, well, thank you ever so much for coming on. We're unfortunately out of time for this evening, but I think this is one that we'll come back to again because I, I think the, the the future of Pembrokeshire cricket is an important subject and, mm. and one we, we like talking about on the show. So for now, we'll say thank you very much for joining us, but I think this has probably just uh, just started the debate, so we'll, we'll, we'll come back to it again. Thank you very much for joining us on the show, and I'm sure we'll get some comment on that and, mm. and it will be one we'll pick up again. Thank you for your time this evening. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers, Howard. Excellent stuff, and I say I think that's a that's an idea to pursue, isn't it? And and we'll we'll probably get some more reaction to mm. that. I think in in the weeks ahead, because uh, just raising the bar for for what is an excellent cricketing community already in Pembrokeshire yeah. is certainly no bad thing. And I, I very much enjoyed that that argument. Um, we should finish the show by just a, a really nice tweet actually that that came out over the weekend. Um, and I'm interested to hear what, what you guys think of this. Tembi United RFC tweeted um, to say that after a late withdrawal over the weekend, their game against Aberystwyth, they were unable to meet the front row quite criteria in their squad and they traveled to Aberystwyth with 19 players wanting to play Aberystwyth then made a, a great gesture of basically loaning them a prop yeah, on permit prop, yeah. to play for Tembi uh, so that meant they could fulfill the game uh, Tembi got well beaten of course but that was a great gesture from Aber and, and a, a, a real good bit of sportsmanship that I thought there's a lot of sportsmanship in rugby. Fraser and I both know that. You know, it wouldn't happen in football, and I don't mean to be detrimental to football, but rugby players, it's a rugby family, and they will do what they can to help each other and to get the game done, and that's what happened on Saturday. It's one of the real ben- benefits of the pyramid system in rugby, I think, and for Aberystwyth, probably benefited from a well. It was a game, and I don't mean disrespectfully, they're a division above Tenby. Yeah. They would have fully expected to win. They weren't really damaging their own chances by doing that. It allowed them to play, and and it gave a player obviously wasn't starting for them the chance to get 80 minutes elsewhere so, yeah you know, excellent that, it, it, it's, it's a win-win isn't it it's that I dare say it wouldn't have been done for a league decider but in those no. sort of occasions it's where the pyramid system works very well yeah yeah, and Aberystwyth are playing at Whitland this weekend. A certain Mike Phillips will be playing for Whitland if he can get into the team. <laughs> Speaking of permits, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, listen, well, that's going to be one to follow, isn't it? And yeah. it's going to be really good to see how Mike Phillips gets on. And actually, that is a good place to end the show this evening. Our first birthday, we have had guests ranging from Mike Phillips to John Hartson. I'm not sure we've had a character quite like Johnny Sutton on the show. (laughs) Uh, But I thoroughly enjoyed that. What a fantastic achievement from him. Fraser Gordon, thank you as ever for your company. We'll be back again uh, next Monday on Pure West Sport with Pembrokeshire Properties. Up next, the brilliant B.B. Scone is previewing the Tembi Blues Festival coming up this November. He's up next on Pure West. 
Download the Pure West Radio mobile app from the App Store or Google Play. Pure West Radio. Listen online at purewestradio.com. Yeah. 